there, and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Iceberg. And we are a newlywed couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And this week, Scott has introduced me to an early 2000s classic. A uh, classic stretch. Yeah, it is. That was that was sarcasm, is, is what I was doing there. Scott, what is this movie called? Okay. So I introduced Frankie to The Whole Nine Yards. Now, I haven't seen this movie in about 13, 14 years or so. It's not the best movie. No. (laughs) It's funny in how weird it is. Kinda. Bruce Willis is really the only thing that makes this watchable, in my opinion. There's a lot of dumb humor in this movie. It's... There's a lot of stupid things that happen in this movie. When I watched it when I was younger, I laughed my ass off. It's one of those movies that probably got away with when you're younger, and you're like, oh, that's really funny, and then you watch it now, and you're like, oh, okay, that's not as funny anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely bad humor in this, and I did laugh, but I laughed because it was fucking dumb. (laughs) But, you know what, in the same breath, it's one of those movies you enjoy just because of how stupid it is. It was directed by Jonathan Lynn, who has directed... Other movies that are actually good, like genuinely good, such as um, Clue. Yes. And My Cousin Vinny. Yes. We like My Cousin we Vinny. We love My Cousin Vinny. Is it possible to two youths... Uh, uh, to what? Uh, what was that word? Uh, what word? To what? What? Did you say youths? Yeah, two youths. What is a ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. So that's one of the first movies I think that you ever introduced to me with my cousin Vinny. Oh yeah. And it was written by Mitchell Kapner. Now this is uh, this is where we get a little sketchy because there is a sequel to this movie. Yes. Also called The Whole Ten Yards. Yes. And he wrote that, but uh, other than that, he really didn't have any uh, notable credits other than his most recent one, I think, which was Oz the Great and Powerful. So, not great. This movie is starring Bruce Willis as a hitman, which is actually really fun. Like, he's actually trying in this movie, which is great. He did this movie right in between Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Yeah. So he was still in the mode of, like, giving a fuck about acting. Yeah. (laughs) The problem... (laughs) I mean, one of the problems, I should say is our other star, Matthew Perry. Um, If you don't know who that is, he plays Chandler on Friends. And basically, if you've ever watched Friends, he's just Chandler in this movie. Hey, guys, what what should I wear to a Knicks game? Uh, A t-shirt that says, I don't belong here. (laughs) This was right, like, smack in the middle of Friends time. So he's just Chandler, and it's annoying as fuck. Well, it's funny because I, I watch Friends more now because I have a coworker who's obsessed with Friends. And every time we're in a break room, he has Friends on. <laughs> so I've watched way too many episodes of Friends. But before these past, what, four years, I never watched Friends. I thought it was really stupid. I don't think it's stupid. I think it's just silver played and, you know, it's just, it's everywhere. And I don't really give a fuck. Like, if it's on TV, I'll watch it, but... I know enough about Chandler's, like, character in the show to know that, like, his character in this is fucking Chandler. And they probably casted him in this because Chandler. Basically, in this movie, his shtick is just, like, being awkward and sarcastic. And it's so funny. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Like, I, you know, whatever. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not a lot of people will probably know about this movie i don't really know about this movie so scott kind of told me about it so just to give you guys an idea of where this rates ron tomatoes has it at a 45 critic score and a 64 audience score and it, for some reason despite that it got a sequel four years later i don't understand that because well look at it, the time frame you have Bruce Willis, who's arguably one of the biggest movie stars on the planet at the time. And Chandler's arguably one of the biggest television shows of all time. So this movie cost a total of $24 million to make. 
and it made a hundred and six point four million. Okay, so it made money. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> These days, it doesn't matter if people like it or not. If they go and spend money to fucking see it, it'll get a sequel. Exactly. If this movie came out now and starred Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry, this movie makes two bucks. Yeah, well, especially Bruce Willis now because he does not care <laughs> about like being a actual actor. And Matthew Perry has done nothing. Yeah. Who gives a shit about Matthew Perry anymore? I'm trying to think, like, what's the last current thing that I've seen him in, and I can't even tell you. Okay, so you want to start getting into the nitty-gritty of this, Scotty? Yeah. Uh, we can get into the nitty and the gritty. Oh, boy. So the movie starts with a bunch of extreme close-ups of Oz. Oh, yes. Um, That's Matthew Perry's character. His name is Oz. He is uh, cleaning his teeth. Yeah, there's a few, like, throughout this movie, a few, like, close-up, like, annoyingly, grossly close-up shots of mouths, and it's like, ugh. He's a dentist, so it's the teeth and tongues and ugh. I am your dentist. <laughs> You'll be a dentist. You have a talent for causing things. Some be a dentist. People will pay you to be inhumane. Don't you dare reference <laughs> a far superior movie <laughs> in this piece of shit. So he walks downstairs to meet his wife and his mother-in-law. His wife, Sophie, played by Rosanna Arquette, who is like one of the probably less famous <laughs> Arquette siblings. The only credit... That like other than this that I found that was like notable that I knew, she was the girl in the pulp fiction scene where they stab Uma Thurman in the chest. Oh, she's that one. Okay. That gives them him the magic yes. marker. She's that girl. Rosanna Arquette is awful in this. <laughs> she's awful. She's got this really like over the top French accent because they're in Canada. Yeah, so Montreal, everyone's, Quebec. Everyone's speaking French, and she's like. Pepe Le Pew levels. Bonjour, Monsieur Frog. Comment allez-vous this fine morning? It's so bad that it's distracting. It's to the point where this movie was nominated for some awards, but not good awards. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. It was nominated for two awards at the Sinker's Bad Movie Awards in 2000. It was nominated for Worst Supporting Actress and Most Annoying Fake Accent. I don't know if they have that award every year or they just made it for Rosanna Arquette, but it exists. <laughs> Was she both of them? Um, well, it lost both. This this movie is not an award-winning film. Oh, God. So unfortunate. Worst Supporting Actress went to Alicia Silverstone for some movie, and uh, which, I mean, fair enough. She wasn't Batman and Robin after all. That's true. Um, and then the annoying fake accent one... <laughs> went to Adam Sandler for Little Nicky. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. This accent that she's doing is just so abysmal. The director actually, he was quoted as saying that Arquette worked with a dialogue coach and he was very happy with the performance. I want to see the receipts. I want to see <laughs> the receipts. <laughs> because I don't believe that she worked with a dialogue coach. If she did, it was for, like, less than a day. Unless the director was like, listen, we want this accent to be, like, a cartoon. Like a Looney Tunes, Pepe Le Pew short. I don't know what the issue is. But it was shit, is the point of the story. Chandler, I'm oh, sorry, Oz. Just call him Chandler, who cares? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> who he is. That's <laughs> who he is. Oz does not have a good relationship with his wife. No, he, he, like, hates her. He's talked about multiple times throughout this movie how he does not like his wife, and he's miserable with her, and marriage to her is horrible. Yes, he's been married to her for seven years, and he got left with her father's debt because he used to work for her father, and her father embezzled money from the dentistry. So Chandler's a poor dentist. So Chandler leaves the house, and she basically goes, I hope you die. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was, like, I don't know. Like, you're just like, hi, you could do me a favor and fucking die. <laughs> like, okay. Calm down. You want to take a shot at that accent? Um, sacre bleu. I don't know. <laughs> Bonjour. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to try and do a French accent. 
But obviously, Rosanna Arquette can't do a French accent either. No. So, Oz drives over to his dentist office, and we meet Amanda Pete, Jill, his receptionist. What I found interesting about this part, Kathy Griffin auditioned for this role. If it's funny, oh. it's funny. And look, they don't always work. I'm the first to admit they don't always, always work, but I go for it no matter yeah, what. You said things he, about people here that yeah. are A, untrue, and B, not so funny. So do you ever feel oh. weird like then coming oh. here and saying things? Actually, this said, moment is what stuff. I live for, so bring it. She's the only cast could have been that I could find, so I didn't think we could do a whole segment on it. I'm no. no cast could have been segment this time, oh, guys. Oh, darn. Sorry. But um, <laughs> I know you're all disappointed. But yeah, the character of Jill, she's very buddy-buddy with Oz. You know, she's she's like one of them cool girls that has a lot of dude friends. Like me. Yeah. Like, she'd be like me if I were in this movie. Yeah, probably. So Jill's on the phone, and she's talking with the person and yelling at them. And then Oz walks in, and she switches to uh, French. Because Canada. She hangs up on him, and Oz just goes about his day as a dentist, and they go to lunch. Where... They joke about uh, Oz needs to get laid and well, divorce will, the bitch. Yeah, Jill tells Oz that he needs to leave his wife. Yeah, and he's like, I can't because she'll take me for... She's got me by the balls, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, he goes, and she goes, well, you can always have her hit. And Oz goes, who's going to fucking kill my wife? And she goes, present company excluded. Yeah, but she says like jokingly. And it's like, ha ha ha, funny. But, oh, and then we get the, the you gotta mention the mayonnaise. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. The, so, ma- the mayonnaise is an important plot point in this movie. <laughs> Hang tight. It's gonna make sense in a minute. It's really not, but it's, it's like the only shred of genuine humor that comes in this movie is from fucking mayonnaise. God, explain it. <laughs> okay, so Oz literally looks at the waiter and goes, can you please... Do not put mayonnaise on my burger. Do not do it. I don't want mayonnaise on it. I, I tell you guys every time, do not put mayonnaise on my burger. And the burger comes out, it's got mayonnaise on it. Ooh, and that's the end of the, that's how like they end the scene and move on. But the, the mayonnaise, guys, the mayonnaise, it's gonna come back. It's gonna come back with a vengeance. <laughs> I know that that little joke that Scott just explained to you didn't seem that funny. You were like, what is Frankie talking about? The mayonnaise isn't funny. <laughs> is Frankie losing it? <laughs> and yes, the answer is yes, I am. But I swear to you, the mayonnaise is gonna come back in a short, short while and be hilarious. It was literally the biggest laugh I got in the whole movie. So, Oz drives back to his house and he notices. Is somebody's moving into his neighbor house. Ah, yes. Before you get here, let me just talk about the... I have a fun fact oh. about the houses. Okay. So, both Oz and this new neighbor, obviously, next door, live right next to each other. There are these big, beautiful houses. Yes. Big lawns, big mansion-y houses. The owners of the two houses, like, in real life, they were each paid $50,000 by the production team of this movie on the condition that they left their homes for a month so basically these families or these people who lived in these houses got paid 50 grand for a month just to just to leave just to go like sleep on their fucking sister's couch and like fucking you know and let me go go visit my parents for a month yeah and you get paid 50 grand like why can't we be that lucky probably because our house is not a mansion (laughs) Someone would offer us five dollars. I'd buy that for a dollar. All right, now continue. New neighbor. Who is this new neighbor? So this new neighbor is Bruce Willis, who goes by the name of Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. And Oz walks up, he introduces himself, and he's like, oh, you look familiar. He lifts his arm up, and Oz notices a tattoo on his arm, and he goes... Of a tulip. Of a tulip, and he has this psychotropic flash of, yeah. like, newspaper articles. Yeah, this was so weird. Okay, so this this has been done before in movies where, like, in order to convey information, they do, like, a like flashbulby kind of newspaper article thing. It's been done before, and it's In movies fine... like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, right. They've done it before. It's a fine device. The device itself is not the problem. It's the execution of the device that is fucking weird in this movie. It literally goes on forever. I don't know if it was just 
the editing, like, what? but it's so much louder than the rest of the movie, like, but, like, yeah. painfully louder, like, ow, like, okay, we get it. Well, like, I literally was saying while we were watching, I get it, because it kept going, like, well, yeah. to different articles. Well, it would go through the article, and then it would cut back to Oz, yeah. and then it would go back to the articles, and then it would cut back to Oz again, and then it would go back to the articles. It did, like, three times. Yeah, it was really weird was like, and, we... like, incessant. But anyway, what do these articles convey? So Hi. basically, these articles play... Mm-hmm. Jimmy Jones is not his real name. His real name is Jimmy Tedeschi. He's known as Jimmy the Tulip. He worked for the mob in Chicago. And uh, he used to be a contract killer who ratted out the mob. And he got five years in prison, but now he's free. And Oz is making this face like... Yeah, it's oh. so weird. But can we talk about Bruce Willis's faces in this <laughs> part? Oh my god. In this whole movie, really, like, Bruce Willis... God bless him. He's actually trying in this movie... And it shows. When Bruce Willis tries in a movie, even minimally, it works. And in this, it works. Because he makes, like, the fucking creepiest, smiley, smirky faces. <laughs> and it's, like, genuinely hilarious. Well, it's, it's funny, but it's also... It works for this character because it's also kind of disarming. Right, right. Like, you, you know, you think he's your friend, but he's really not because he's a killer. You don't know, like, what to think of him. But... We're getting to my favorite part. Okay, so Matthew Perry, Chandler, whatever, he has this shitty look on his face as he's realizing that this guy who's moving in next door to him is a contract fucking killer. And Bruce Willis says to him, like, hey, you all right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I just, I, I had a bad sandwich. I had a bad burger for lunch today. And he's like, they put mayonnaise on it, didn't they? <laughs> Why do they do that? <laughs> and then, like, it just builds slowly but surely. And he, like, is helping the movers unpack or whatever. He grabs, like, a suitcase and he's like, Every red-blooded American knows that the only condiment you are ever supposed to put on a hamburger is you like so much here in Canada, which I think has a little bit of mayonnaise in it, too. But I swear to God, when they start slapping that mayonnaise on there, I could kill somebody. Don't they know the only thing you should put on a burger is ketchup? <laughs> he has his... He throws <laughs> the fucking suitcase in the, It comes out of nowhere, but it's fucking hilarious. Oh, okay. And it's within, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie. So, God's honest, if you come upon this movie and you watch it, literally... You can just watch it for that and then turn the movie off. It's fine. Like, you, I, you, it's fine. <laughs> I understand, but there's also... I mean, I... Um, Bruce Willis in this whole movie was great. He really was. I did get laughs out of this movie, but I got laughs because it was so weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was genuinely funny. I think it was just bizarre enough that I was, like, confused by what they were trying to do, and it made me laugh. <laughs> in all respects, that might have been... Well, that's definitely not what they were going for, but, you know, that's enjoyable, at least. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not, like, I don't hate this movie, but I don't like it either. I don't know. It's in a weird island somewhere. Imagine how he thinks about mustard on a burger. He probably murdered people just for that. That was one of the 17 people he kills. Just Uh, a guy that's like, (laughs) I like mustard on my burger, sir. (laughs) So Oz runs back to his house to tell his wife that Jimmy Tedeschi is moved next door to them and who he is. And his wife goes, oh, that's sexy. He's sexy. Like, go away, <laughs> Roseanne Arquette. Go away. You're the worst person. So we cut to the next day where... Oh, wait. Can we explain? Yes. So why... Because they explain it really quickly, and it's kind of like a throwaway thing. Why his like nickname is Tulip. Oh, okay, so his name is Jimmy the Tulip Tedeschi. He's nicknamed the Tulip because anybody he kills, he sends tulips to their funeral. Oh, so clever. <laughs> okay, continue. Sorry, I just want to, because it seemed like weird. Like, why is he in a tulip on his, like, what the fuck's that? Just, you know, trying to make sense out of nonsense here. Okay, continue. So, Jimmy then comes up to Oz as Oz is mowing the lawn and says, hey, let's go for a ride. And he's okay. and Oz is like, uh, well, uh, and Jimmy's like, come on, it's not gonna kill you. <laughs> Matthew Perry, I'm so awkward. <laughs> Am I hilarious? Well, Bruce Willis keeps dropping like little like innuendos of like killing death. Look, Jimmy, I certainly don't want to die. You better get used to it because you're going to. What? Everybody dies sooner or later. Are you always this nervous, Oz? And Jimmy's and he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, says Chandler Bing. <laughs> so 
They go for a ride, and Oz tells Jimmy his entire life story. Yeah, that's what I thought was weird, too. Like, okay, literally in the car driving with him, he's so awkward and, like, nervous and fidgety. But then, like, the second he gets out of the car and starts walking with him and talking, he's, like, totally calm, and he's literally telling him his life story, how he hates his wife, and her father was, like, an embezzler, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I thought you were scared this guy was going to kill you. I'm like, okay. Well, when you're afraid for your life. I guess but he didn't seem afraid for his life, is what I'm saying. Like, he well, wasn't nervous. The second he got out of the car, he wasn't nervous. Yeah, it wasn't betrayed, though. Because Chandler can't act. Aw. Aw. But Chandler Bing, I mean, I'm sure someone thought he could act. No. No one thought he could act. Yeah, at one point, uh, Jimmy even jokes. He goes, oh, you're a dentist. Dentists are the most uh, suicidal <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was weird, too. He's like, oh, I'm not suicidal. Well, you are a dentist. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. I read somewhere that dentists commit suicide the most. I was like, oh, okay. So that's the running joke throughout the movie. But, yeah, they kind of, like, bond, I guess. Yeah. They, they're kind of, like, buddy-buddy. So then Chandler goes home to his wife, and his wife has this brilliant plan. Fucking Pepe Le Pew has a brilliant plan. <laughs> <laughs> she says, hey... Why don't you go to Chicago and talk to the mob boss of Chicago and be like, hey, I know where Jimmy Tedeschi is, and then you can pay me. So I'll give you the divorce you yeah, want. Yeah, I can settle my father's debt, and then we can get a divorce. And he's like, but I don't want to be a party to murder, so, like, no. <laughs> she says, if you don't do it, I'll make your life really miserable. Well, no. You're already making his well, life miserable. She's, what she says is, I'll make your life so miserable that these past five years will seem like heaven. Okay, whatever. So he decides he's going to go to Chicago, but not actually do anything. He's just going to, like, go and, like, to, like, get the wife off his back and then, like, come back and be like, oh, well, it didn't work out. Sorry. Like, that, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Just say you're not going to go. Like, so fucking stupid. Well, also, mm -hmm. while his wife is driving him to the airport, he's on the phone with Jill, and Jill's like, oh, go get laid in Chicago. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. She's in, like, the office amongst... That was actually fun. That's something that I would do with, like, my friends who haven't been laid. That's why I say she's me. I'd be like, just go get laid. Go have a good time. <laughs> she was very funny. So, yeah, he goes to Chicago, and his wife drives over to Jimmy... Oh, yes. And I'm like, what the fuck is she going to meet with Jimmy for? And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. She's going to fucking try to get him to kill Chandler. Yeah. Like, she's going to rat Chandler out to Jimmy and be like, oh, he's trying to get you fucking killed. You better kill Chandler before he gets off on, like, and tries to kill you. Like, this motherfucker, what a piece of shit. They don't really say, like, what, like, Jimmy responds with, but, like, that's how we leave that situation. And then... We cut back to Chicago with uh, Chandler in his Ch hotel room. And as he's walking into his hotel room, he's greeted by... Frankie Figs. Frankie Figs, played which by... I love the name, Bob. <laughs> I love the name. He's played by fucking Michael Clark Duncan. I'm tired of all the pain I feel in here in the world. Every day, there's too much of it. It's like pieces of glass in my head. All the time. Rest in peace, the fucking king. His voice is thick. I love it. I want to go to sleep to it every night. It's he's, so good. He's had so many movies that, even if they're bad movies. Oh, yeah. Like Daredevil. Um, C-Spot Run. C-Spot Run. <laughs> I like the Scorpion King. I know it's not a good movie, but I like the Scorpion King. But the point is, he is just a big teddy bear. Like, a bucket of charm. Like, And mind you... Before this movie, the year before, he won a fucking Oscar for Green Mile. Yeah. And he's in this piece of shit, but he is, like, one of the only things that makes this tolerable. Because he is, like, in this motel room with Chandler Bing, and he's fucking punching this guy in the fucking gut. Like, multiple times. Because he's, still, like... like, I'm not even mad. Like, I'm just so... I'm like, oh, Michael Clark Duncan... Don't hurt your little knuckles there on, on, on Chandler's ribs. You're going to hurt yourself, sweetie. I'm surprised he didn't have a bigger movie career. Because he is fucking charming as fuck. Yeah. I mean, he really is one of those actors that, like, no matter what he's... I think it's just because he picked 
not great movies. Well, I think it's... it's like, he obviously picked good movies, too, at points. I think mouth, it's that. But... I also think it's... He is... He's a big guy. Oh, well, yeah. I think that hurts him, too, because he's... He looks intimidating. But, you know, there's a lot of big guys, and not, there's fucking... You know, The Rock's a big guy. The Rock's a big guy, but it, I don't he think... He fucking made, makes a killing every fucking year in Hollywood. Well, I think it was a different time, though. It's not... I guess, yes. You know, it's the 90s and 2000s, unfortunately. Hollywood was kind of racist for a while. Well, I mean, for all, it still kind yeah, of is. Yeah, it still kind of is, sorry. Yeah, The Rock came out and had, you know, a perfect time. He, the Rock's also... As charismatic as Michael Clark Duncan is, The Rock's on a whole other fucking level of charisma. But uh, I love Michael Clark Duncan. I do, too. Again, his voice, I mean, like, butter. Like, I oh, yeah. Can't. At this point in the movie, around this time, there's a scene where... Chandler's in a restaurant or whatever, like, meeting with an old friend from Chicago, because he, he comes from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and he, there's a song playing in the restaurant, and it's the Bruce Willis Blues Band. Ah. And the harmonica in the song is played by Bruce Willis himself. <laughs> I'm guessing that that was, like, a point in the movie. Like, listen, there's a lot of jazzy, bluesy music in this movie, score-wise and, like, song choice-wise. He's like, listen, I got a blues band. Put my shit in there. Otherwise, I ain't doing your fucking stupid-ass movie. I was six cents, bitch. Like, give me my shit. So, but it was nice. It was perfectly lovely. Actually, the music is one of the best parts of this entire movie. Yeah, it actually is nice. It's fun. It's, like... You can bop your head along to it. Michael Clark Duncan, he basically surprises Chandler and he's like, I hear you know where Jimmy is. And Chandler's like, oh no, 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 no. no." And then he beats the shit out of him multiple times. And then Chandler's like, oh wait, Jimmy, you mean? Oh yeah, no, I know where he is. And then uh, Michael Clark Duncan's Frankie Fig, he's like, okay, let's go meet with the boss's son. Because the boss boss is in jail. Because of Jimmy. So his son wants revenge against Jimmy. So Frankie Pig is like, okay, scooping up Chandler Bing and let's go. Yeah, pretty much. So they go and we meet the boss, Yanni. Who's played by Kevin Pollock. Well, it's um, a weird thing, at least early in this movie. He doesn't keep doing it, but he keeps touching his like right eyebrow. And I don't understand why, but he's like rubbing down his right eyebrow like, Almost as if it's, like, fake. Yeah, if you don't know who that is by the name, he played Hackney in Usual Suspects, and he played Sam in A Few Good Men. I actually really like Kevin Pollack. Usually, he's one of those character actors that's a solid performance every time. This is why I think the direction may have been the, the issue here, because he's doing an accent, and it's not like the Rosanna Arquette accent. It's not French. It's like a mixture of Chicago and like maybe Hungarian because it's supposed to be the Hungarian mob. I don't know. But it's like weird. My father is a great man. Man of vision and character. I want you to understand. Frankie explained to me you're having a problem with your conscience. Like I can't discern what it is or how it is or why it is but it is and it just it shouldn't be. <laughs> also, he has a weird cadence, too. Yeah, he's like a weird... Like, all his W's are V's, and all his V's are W's. Like, he has a weird, like, speech impediment, maybe? is I don't know if that's what it was supposed to be. It's weird. I don't get it. Uh, okay. Yeah, so Kevin Pollack <laughs> is basically, like... Uh, so this is the guy who knows, you know, where Jimmy is? And Frankie's like, yeah, this is the guy. And, uh... Not me. Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> yes. So, uh... He brings in Jimmy's wife, Cynthia. Oh, yes. She's a really cool dancer. Did you know? No, I didn't. Cynthia, she's a really cool dancer. Cynthia, boogie to the groove now. So we get this, like, beautiful leggy blonde coming in. Uh, Cynthia, and she is played by Natasha Henstridge. I couldn't really find any other credits for her. I don't know who the hell she is. But she is a pretty leggy blonde. But the moment she walks in, Oz looks at her, and we get that that pan that close up of Oz's face, like you know the close up when the character is like 
instantly in love. Meet Fran Stalinaskovich Davidovinsky. that dodgeball scene so he goes okay frankie's gonna take uh she's gonna take you back to the hotel and you guys are gonna leave tomorrow to go get jimmy and he's like okay fine whatever so oz goes back to the hotel room calls jimmy he goes i just went to see yanni he goes i know don't worry we'll deal with it when you come back up to canada have fun in chicago yeah. and hangs up on him yeah <laughs> But, I mean, Perry initially called him because he's like, listen, you gotta get out of town. Like, what the fuck? He doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's, like, freaking out. Like, he he's in the shit right now. He's in the shit up to his little fucking neck, okay? And then, to add on to the pile of shit that he's in, he gets a knock, knock, knock at the door. And it's Cynthia. Oh, my God. She's, she's a really, really cool, cool dancer. dancer. Literally every time she... Someone said, Cynthia, I said, she's a really cool dancer. <laughs> just to entertain myself, because I just, I had nothing else. So, so. Cynthia, so Cynthia comes into the room, basically starts questioning Oz. See, my only question is, why didn't you just do the job yourself? Why didn't I? Why didn't you kill Jimmy and try to collect on the contract? What's the matter? You didn't have the stomach for it? She goes, you know what? I didn't want, I don't want anybody to die. I wasn't even going to come fucking tell Yanni until Frankie showed up at my hotel room. So they're like drinking and talking together and they're like getting along, whatever. She basically tells him like, Jimmy won't give me a divorce. He doesn't believe in divorce. He's a murderer of a conscience. Okay, sure. Matthew Perry's like, well, do you still like love him? Do you want to be with him? And she's like, no, he actually wants to fucking kill me. And Matthew Perry's like, why? Why does Jimmy want to kill you? And then she explains to him Basically, the whole purpose of this movie. Yanni gave Jimmy and Cynthia a wedding present of $10 million that was basically meant to hide the money. And all three of them would have to go and sign a bank certificate in order to release the money. Or one would have to show up with two death certificates. Right. Now we're getting into the plot things. The three of them, Yanni, Jimmy, and Cynthia... They all kind of want to, like... Well, Cynthia doesn't want to kill them. Cynthia doesn't want anything to do with this fucking money or with Jimmy anymore. She's fucking done with this whole thing. But Jimmy and Yanni both want this money, so they have to kill the other two to get the money. It's like a whole big fucking pile of shit. So, in this moment where Cynthia is explaining this, like, terrible tangled web that is being woven around his fucking neck, he literally, as I have said before... He's in the shit. He has put himself directly in the line of fire between these fucking mobsters. And the, what he decides to do in this moment is confess his, like, lust for the hitman's fucking wife. I... Why? 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 Why are you doing that right now, you fucking moron? And Think with your brain, not your penis. <laughs> Okay, you're in the middle of a fucking mob war right now. Like, dumb as a bucket of rocks. Literally dumb as a bucket and of Cynthia rocks. And Cynthia leaves. Yeah, that was weird. They do this multiple times throughout this movie. They did it before with the newspaper thing where, like, it's just, it's a sequence that goes on longer than it needs to and goes back and forth for no reason. This, again, she leaves the hotel room. She's like, oh, I, I have to go. I'm sorry. And then she leaves. And then within, like, not even five minutes, like, two minutes, not even. A movie time, yeah. She's back. And, like, she comes right back. And she just fucking makes out with him and they fuck. And I'm like, what is happening here? What is going on? I don't understand. I don't understand, bitch. I don't understand. I don't understand, bitch. He basically tells her that Jimmy knows that they're coming to kill him. Oh, yeah, and, like, he's, like, super cheesy with her, too. Like, yeah. throughout this whole movie. Mind you, he just met her this fucking morning. They've had maybe, like, an hour's worth of conversation, and he's like, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I'm not gonna let anyone hurt you. I'm like, oh, my God. 
men and their penises. I just can't. Like, what are you doing, sweetie? Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Fucking idiot. So, uh, so, continue. So, Frankie picks up Oz, and they fly to Montreal. I keep thinking you're talking about me. <laughs> yes. You and, you and Chandler Bing. So, Michael Clark Duncan picks up Oz, and they fly... They fly back to Montreal, and as they walk into a hotel room, Jimmy's sitting there waiting for them. And uh, fucking Chandler, like, flips out, like, oh, and he knocks over a lamp, and it's like, oh, I'm so clumsy, you funny, me so clumsy. <laughs> fucking Jar Jar in this movie. <laughs> he's literally Jar Jar, I just realized. Oh my god, he's just clumsy and annoying. Basically. And says stupid things. Yep, so Michael Clark Duncan... And fucking Jimmy stand, and they're facing each other. And, and then I'm gonna... like, oh, this is going to be like, they're really buddies now. I'm like, oh, they're going to make out now? And sure <laughs> enough, they like start laughing, and they give each other a big hug. I'm like, oh, I knew that was coming. Yeah. So Frankie Figs and Jimmy are buddy-buddy. They're in it together. Yeah, he's in league with Jimmy. He knows about the money. They go and have dinner, and they start talking about how Jimmy has to kill Cynthia and Yanni. Oh, and it's so weird because, like, okay, Jimmy mentions to Chandler that, like, hey, your wife tried to put a hit on, on you. It's she apparently asked somebody else and it didn't work out. And Chandler was like, oh, okay, well, you didn't do it. You didn't take it, right? You didn't take the contract, right? And he's like, no, no, we're friends. Why would I do that? And he's like, oh, well, okay, that's good. And he's like, you know, my wife said that you hit on her. And he's like, oh, oh, oh actually, she hit it on me, Bruce Willis says. With, like, a weird smirk again. Like, okay. And then Chandler's like, oh, well, you didn't respond to her, right? You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that, right? And Bruce Willis says, like, oh, no, I didn't even find her attractive. And then Chandler's, like, defending her. Like, why wouldn't you find my wife attractive? I'm like, why are you defending her? Well, he also... <laughs> she tried to have you killed, you well, idiot. He also says, you know, I'll kill her for you. Or I'll hit her for you or something. A term that can be used is both, like, have sex with her or kill her. And Chandler goes, what? And then Bruce Willis says the funniest phrase that I think I want to use this phrase again in my life because this is like a really cool, like funny, stupid little phrase. He says, Oz, we're friends. Friends do not engage in sexual congress with each other's wives. And Chandler's just like, <laughs> in, my, in his mind, I fucked your wife last night. Sexual congress, bro. Sexual congress. That's like both the sexiest and not sexiest term I've ever heard. Yeah. And imagine, by sexiest, I mean funniest. <laughs> imagine some people in Congress having sexual Congress. Ew, please stop. Anyway, now you made it not sexy. <laughs> it wasn't. No, it really wasn't, but it was funny. So so he's trying to convince her not to murder his wife. It goes nowhere. He's basically like, I'm going to murder my wife. So he goes back to work, Oz, and it ain't working. He can't work. He's going to fucking gas himself, basically. And Jill stops him. Yeah, Amanda Pete busts in the room and she's like, listen, I'm your friend. Like, you can talk to me. Oz says to her, Well, first of all, I just found out that my wife is trying to have me killed. Who told you? And she just keeps talking and I'm like, Arr? And I look at Scott, I'm like, why did she say that? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, why did she say who told you? Why would she say that? Unless, like, she's the, like, is she the person that, like, the wife tried to get to kill him? Is that what it is? By George, he's got it. By George, he's got it. And he, like, looks at me like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've never seen this movie before. I don't know. So I'm like, okay, got it. I wrote it down to like market. Like, this is what is happening. And sure enough, in the next scene, it's revealed that I was correct. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't like to spoil the movie for you. I'm but it just, it seemed like it, like, I get it, there were hints to it beforehand, but it just still felt like it came out of nowhere. He mentions Jimmy Tedeschi. Yeah. And she's like, oh my god, can I meet him? I want to meet him. And I'm like, what the fuck? So she goes to the house with Chandler, and she's like fawning over him, basically, Jimmy. And then it's revealed just casually in the conversation that the wife went to Amanda Pete first to have Chandler killed, and that's why she Became started working for him as his assistant. But she started liking him yeah, she as liked a person. Him too much. And then Jimmy was like, hmm? That's the first mistake. That's a no-no in this business. And she's like, I know. <laughs> Amanda Pete, I like her in this movie, 
But again, it just seemed like it came out of nowhere, this whole turn that she's like a fucking like wannabe contract killer. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, there's this, <laughs> but there's this point in the scene where Jimmy tells a story about how he liked somebody and then that person shot him. So what did you do? I, I didn't really like Stanley after that. <laughs> he took a really, really long time to die. And this scar's a reminder. Never get too close. And he has a scar on his shoulder, and she starts to touch the scar. Oh my god, she's like licking her lips. It's just and Oz is like, ah! it's so gross. I'm right oh, here. Oh my god, in this scene too. Oh my god, Bruce Willis. He fucking he has like a Karate Kid moment. Okay, there's a fucking fly buzzing around, <laughs> and he fucking grabs the fly with his fucking hand, and you think that's it, but no, no, no. It's not just Karate Kid moment. He, like, sucks the fly through his hand, like, he eats it, and then, like, spits it out like a fucking, like, gloogie. It's so gross. So, Oz, he runs over to his house, uh, tries to call Cynthia. She's a really cool dancer. It's time to stop! It's time to stop, okay? Yanni's there with his goons. Yanni's goon picks up. Oz hangs up and then realizes that she's coming with Yanni to Montreal. That was another weird moment, too, where, like, he calls her house, a, a man picks up, like, it's clearly, like, a, a heavy, you know, like, a security-type dude, like, that's very yeah. creepy and scary, so he quickly hangs up, so, like, Logic would assume, like, okay, she's under the protection or whatever of Yanni's guy, so, like, it's too late, like, she's already coming, she's already on her way. But then he, like, literally hangs up the phone, waits, like, ten seconds, and then calls again. And it's like, why are you calling again? Like, five seconds later. Like, what's the point of that? And then he's like, oh, oh my god. Like, why did you... Okay. So, okay, but, sorry. well, while he runs back, he does run into the glass sliding door. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, it's so fucking clumsy. <laughs> Fuck. So, Jimmy lays out the plan. He goes, you and Frankie are going to go meet Yanni and Cynthia at the airport and you have to do it because if you're not there, Yanni will get suspicious and fly back to Chicago. So he meets them there. They drive back to Oz's house and they start a stakeout. While this is going on, Oz's wife is sleeping with another hitman. She's uh she's moved on to bigger and better things. She's tried to get another hitman to kill Oz. Uh, this hitman is played by Harlan Williams. I know him mainly, which is going to sound crazy, but I know him from Superstar, the, like, SNL movie with Molly Shannon. I would have to become exactly like those people in the movies. I would have to become a superstar. He plays the love interest in that. I mean, he's whatever. But the point is, the French... Pepe Le Pew wife is fucking him and is like, you gotta kill my husband and then we can get his insurance policy and run away together with my mother. Because that's hot, I guess. I don't know. So Oz and Yanni and Cynthia and Frankie Figs and that crew are staking out Jimmy's house, waiting for Jimmy to go to sleep. Jimmy and Amanda Pete are waiting there. And, like, before this, Amanda Pete, this is why I say she's like me, because, like, she literally knocks on Chandler's door, and she's like, okay, it's time to go. We're all excited. And then she, like, walks down the hill, and she, like, do 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 and trips over her own feet and, like, tumbles down the hill. And I'm like, as you wish. Okay, that would be me if I was a hit woman. Yeah. Misa also clumsy. And Jimmy looks at her and goes, she's got a lot of potential as he's talking to Frankie. Oh, yeah, and at one point, Jimmy, like, like checks out her ass. He's like, you look good in those pants. And I'm like, okay, like, we get it. You think she's hot and you want to fuck her. Like, all right, whatever. So, so so now they're waiting for Jimmy to shut the lights off. Jimmy shuts the lights off uh, as Pepe... <laughs> I'm calling her Pepe Le Pew. Good, because that's what she is. <laughs> as Pepe Le Pew wife and Harlem Williams drive up and they talk about how the mother knows about the hit and so on and so forth. And he's going to go kill Oz. Then they notice Yanni, his two goons, and Frankie Figs going into Jimmy's house. So Yanni and his goons break into Jimmy's house with Frankie Figs. And as they're walking upstairs, Amanda Pete comes out topless. Yeah, just tits. 
for some reason in this movie, I was like, oh, come on, man. Really? Like, does she have to fucking have her tits flapping about? It's so stupid because, like, literally the only purpose for it is I have my tits out. Oh, and, like, they're like tractor beams for these fucking hitmen who, like, they see tits. They just stop whatever they're doing and forget how to exist. Jimmy walks up behind the two goons, pops them both in the head, and then Amanda Pete pops Yanni in the neck. Fun. So Yanni's dead. Well, he's dying. Dying, and Jimmy comes up to him and there's has to go with Yanni, and he pops him. Yippee ki motherfucker! So and then meanwhile, yeah. Matthew Perry and Cynthia, they had like a little powwow in the bathroom. Perry's like, "I have a plan. I'm gonna get us out of this, so neither of us fucking get killed." <laughs> so she's like, "Okay." Yeah, they hit a gunshots. And then they literally just like haul ass into the car and drive off. And at this point. Uh, Jill notices Harlem Williams coming up towards their house. She goes, that must be the guy the wife hired to kill Oz. Right, so Jimmy's like, hey, I'm uh, going to take care of this, but do me a favor. Keep your top off and, in like 30 seconds. Stick your head off the window. And she's like, okay. And Michael Clark Duncan's in there. And I was annoyed about the whole topless thing until Michael Clark Duncan enters the scene. Because he goes, I can't think of nothing finer than a fine naked woman holding a gun. If anyone else was saying it, I'd be like, you fucking pig, ew, gross. But it's Michael Clark Duncan. So, like, yes. Like, I'm okay with it now. We're fine. We're fine. And she goes, don't even get any ideas. So she sticks her head out the window. And Harley gets distracted. And then Jimmy opens the front door and pops him three times. And the wife freaks out and runs off into the woods. Oh, yeah. Fucking Pepe Le Pew. The only solace that I had in, like, the middle of this movie, the middle chunk of it, was that Pepe Le Pew was nowhere to be seen. And then she just shows up, like, towards, like, the end to be a little more annoying and then runs off screaming French obscenities. And then we just move the fuck on. So, Jill pages Oz, and Oz pulls over with, with Cynthia. She's a really cool dancer. I'm gonna kill you. Not today, not tomorrow, but I'm going to kill you. They call Jimmy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah, a funny yeah. scene. And, this uh, was good. Willis is like, okay, like, why did you run off with Cynthia like that? And Perry goes, listen, I've been stripping your wife. Well, no, he goes, I can't let you kill her. I love her. So, okay. You love her? You've okay. been there for two days. Wait, wait. Okay, so... Um, yeah, at that point, I'm literally, when he said that, I was like, what? <laughs> no, you don't. You've known her for two days. I said that out loud, and then literally, without missing a beat, Bruce Willis goes, what do you mean? You don't love her. You met her a day ago. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my God. It was great. But also, Cynthia uh, has, like, a face like, What? Yeah, and uh, then and then he does the he does the line again. He says it again, Scott. Bruce Willis goes, "Are you telling me you had sexual congress with my wife, <laughs> who I was trying to murder?" And he starts flipping out. Oh yeah, he's pissed. <laughs> Matthew Perry puts it in the phone. He goes, "He's a little upset. I've managed to upset a mass murderer." So then <laughs> Jill starts. Jill takes the phone, and apparently Matthew Perry tells her some kind of plan that he has. We don't hear it yet. So then she's he like, hangs up with uh, yeah. her. And then he has a little chatty chat with Cynthia. And Cynthia's like, you love me? Like, what the fuck? And he's like, well, you, uh, I, how do you feel about me? And she's like, I, I, I kind of like, like you. you. I kind of like you. And she goes, well, I don't save someone's life just because I kind of like them. But she said, oh, well, you know, I have this pit in my stomach when you're around. Maybe it's love. I'm like, oh, my God. Or maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. <laughs> Like, are you fucking kidding me, bitch? But five minutes later, he gets back on the phone with Jimmy. He's a little more calm. Chandler's like, listen, Jimmy, I just want you to know everything I did, I did for love. Oh, that is disgusting. And I verbally, again, said, oh, my God, enough already with this. And Bruce Willis, without missing a beat, again goes, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, Bruce Willis, you are me right now, and I love it. So... They go to Oz's dentist's office and bring Harlan's body. Oh, yeah. So the plan is basically because he's a dentist, Oz. So he's going to fudge with the dental records on Harlan Williams' body to make it seem like it's Bruce Willis. So they can 
fake his death. Uh, so basically, he does it. We have this whole sequence of them doing it. And they put him and Yanni in the car and light of the blaze. The FBI comes knocking on his door the next day. And he goes, sir, do you own a brown car? And they're like, yes, I do. Uh, he goes, do you know where your car is now? He goes, oh, I lent it to my uh, neighbor, J Jimmy Jones. And he goes, well, your car was found with two mobsters in it, Jimmy Tedeschi and uh, Yanni blah, 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 blah. Yanni, Hungarian name. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, well, you think this Jimmy Tedeschi is my Jimmy? <gasps> Imagine such a thing. So, basically, at this point, the FBI thinks that Jimmy Tedeschi is dead. They go to Jimmy's house, and they find Harlan's car. Oh, yeah, and they're like, oh, that's Agent Hansen's car. He's one of our men. He was undercover trying to find Jimmy Tedeschi in this area. And then one of the feds goes and, like, searches the car, and he finds a tape recorder. He was recording Pepe Le Pew trying to put a hit out on her husband, so she gets in trouble for that. She gets dragged into the police station, and we have another unbearable scene with her where she talks incessantly, but not only talks incessantly, it makes the accent ten times worse because she's, like, obnoxiously sobbing. Like, I'm not the killer. You know what it reminds me of? The fucking, uh, like, maid from Clue. Oh, God, yeah, it is like the maid from Clue. You locked me up with a murderer, you idiot! So the murderer is in this room. No, we! But where? Where? Here! Oh, God. Uh... But that's, like, supposed to be over the top. I don't know if this is, too, but it's just, like, ugh. Ugh. So, basically, he looks at the feds and goes, you guys know a good divorce attorney? Oh, <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. So, he leaves. She's in jail. He passes by his mother-in-law. He goes, hi, Ma, and walks away. Uh -huh. But anyway, so now Jimmy is considered dead, and, and Yanni is dead. Cynthia is able to get the death certificates in order to get the money. So Chandler thinks he's fucking smart. He's like, listen, you just go get the death certificates. And he's like, then, you know, we'll get the money, get it to Jimmy. We can be together, and this can all be over. So then that's what happens. She goes into the building and he goes and meets with Jimmy, who's with Jill. Oz goes and looks at Jimmy and Jimmy goes, where's Cynthia? And She's a really cool dancer. Yeah. And Oz goes, I'm a dentist. So I I had to be careful. So me and you are going to. Dumbest fucking line I've ever heard. <laughs> so me and you are going to take a drive and then Jill's going to get a call where Cynthia is. So he calls over a cab. Him and uh, Jimmy get into the cab. And they're going to drive over to the art museum. So they leave. Cynthia calls Jill. They meet up. And they drive over to the bank. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. So as. In the cab. In the cab. As they're driving. He goes. You know. You're not the only one who could be careful. Frankie. And Frankie pulls the. Frankie's the driver. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like. We're going to the marina. And he's like. The marina. There's water in the marina. Are you going to throw me in with the fishes? <laughs> what the hell is this? That's a silly message. That means Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Fucking moron, you're dealing with fucking mobsters. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so they're over there. Jimmy looks at me and goes, you get to find out if the woman you love loves you back. So he walks over to Frankie. Frankie goes, he was there when you killed Yanni and a cop. Now, I know you like this guy. Yeah, I do. But he's got to go. And if you ain't prepared to do it, Jimmy, then I'm hey, just going to have Frankie, to. Frankie, Frankie. Let's not forget who you're talking to, okay? But then, in the bank, Cynthia and Jill have a moment. Yeah, where Jill looks at Cynthia and goes, We can just leave now, me and you, and we'll walk away with five million each. And Cynthia's like, you know, I am a really cool dancer, but... <laughs> but if we do that, if we just take the money and run, Jimmy's gonna kill Oz. And Amanda Peet goes, yeah, so? And she's like, but... I think I love him. And Amanda Pete's like, you better be sure. For you, you think? $5 million. <laughs> you think? You dumbass bitch. And she's like, I am. I'm sure that I love this man, this awkward, gross, <laughs> weird man who's an idiot, who's dumber than a box of rocks, who I fucked once in a dingy motel yesterday. <laughs> and she's like, okay, that's the right answer. And they call the guy back over. They go, okay, $9 million goes into this account. Mm -hmm. And one million goes into this account of Mr. And Mrs. Oz. Cindy's like, what? And she's like, Jimmy says it's a wedding present. Uh, what? You just have to go to the bank and show a marriage certificate and it's yours. No. No. You met 
two days ago. Why are you marrying each other? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So, Jimmy gets the call. He doesn't love her. <laughs> he thinks she's hot. Like, what's happening? <laughs> and then, and then, continue. It gets more annoying and weird. So, Jimmy gets the call, finds out they get the money. He's like, good, we got the money. Frankie walks over next to Oz. Jimmy pulls a gun on Oz. He's like, like bye Oz. Bye Oz. Like, oh, fuck. And then he turns and shoots Frankie. And I proceeded to have a Ewan McGregor <laughs> moment and go, No! <laughs> <laughs> Would you kill Michael Clark Duncan in this movie? He was the only good person in this movie besides Bruce Willis, and you killed him. Well, you liked Amanda Peet too. Yeah, but I didn't like her at the end because <laughs> we're gonna tell you what happens at the end of this with her. Like, oh. So basically, Oz is like, "Why the fuck did you shoot him?" <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I was gonna let you live." For one, and he, if I didn't shoot you, he was going to shoot you. And then he would have thought I went soft, and he would have came after me in the money. He was basically thinking like 10 steps ahead, because he's a fucking mob boss, and he's smarter than you, Chandler. You idiot. So they're sitting on the boat, they're having a beer, they're having a grand old time, they're buddy-buddy, and just out of nowhere, Chandler turns to fucking Bruce Willis, and he's like, you love her, don't you? And for a split second, I thought he meant Cynthia. And I'm like, wait, huh? And then it cuts to Amanda Peet running to the pier. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? What? <laughs> they're in love now? They're just making out? And they're in love? The whole, he had a whole speech about how you're not supposed to get close to people because they shoot you <laughs> in the back. And now he's just in love with this woman that he met yesterday. Yesterday. Like, okay. Listen. To some people, this might sound stupid coming from me because I'm a big Disney nerd. And a lot of the Disney movies, a lot of Disney fairy tale movies. Yes. The, you know, the, the main characters fall in love within like a day or two in those yes. movies as well. But... I'll make the argument right now that A, they're animated children's films, and B, they're mostly, most of the time, in those circumstances, they're fucking fairy tales. This, a fairy tale, it is not, okay? It's not a fairy tale. It's barely a fucking movie, okay? The fact that not only... Oh, God. Not only... This makes me so glad I chose this now. Not only <laughs> does... Chandler and fucking Cynthia, she's a really cool dancer, fall in love and get married by the end of the fucking movie that spans two fucking days. But now, this hardened hitman who literally did a whole monologue about how you're not supposed to trust people even if you like them because they get you killed in this business that he's in, he still is like, Oh no, I've now fallen madly in love with this woman who I met a day ago. Now we're a couple and we're gonna get married. Okay. Okay, sweetie. Well, Oz walks <laughs> off to go meet up with Cynthia and he meets up with her, kisses her and goes, Will you marry me? She goes, You actually wanna marry me? He goes, Cause I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> and she, he goes, Yeah, as long as you don't mind being married to a poor dentist. She goes, I think we'll be fine. I am a dentist. Say, ah! Now spit! I'll be a success. So it ends with a jazzy song, them dancing at their wedding. Yeah, oh, I'm so goofy. Oh, Matthew Perry, I'm goofy. I'm so funny. Fuck off. And yeah, it ends with the jazzy song. It's actually a cool song. They all said we never could be happy. They laughed at us and how. But ho, 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 who's got the last laugh now? And I said, not the audience. And the laugh track ensued. And I felt slightly better about myself after watching this. Ugh. I mean, listen, this isn't the worst thing I've ever seen by any means. But, 
like, fuck this movie because it's stupid. <laughs> Bruce Willis, again, is the only thing that makes it watchable, really. But it's only it only entertained me by how fucking stupid the fucking plot is and how stupid Chandler is. There's lots of stupid in this movie, let's just put it that way. But in the same breath, Bruce Willis actually was still acting. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan, every scene he's in, he basically steals. Amanda Peet was fun until the last bit. If they didn't get together, you would have loved Amanda Peet. The script is fucking balls to the wall stupid. Yeah, yeah. But the whole, but you know what? Besides for Chandler and Pepe Le Pew. The score is fun. The score is fun. Wallace is fun and Michael Clark Duncan is fun. Other than that, shit on a shit sandwich. So basically a double-decker shit sandwich is what I'm saying. That's why I'm giving it a two and a half out of five. Okay. You know what? I'm happy with a two and a half. Because I was entertained, but it wasn't good objectively, so I can't give it a three. So it's two and a half for me. Okay, I have it as a three, just spot on in the middle. In all honesty, because I do like to laugh at stupid movies, like, I would watch this again. Yes. Like, this is, for me, a so bad it's good movie. Yeah. The fucking ketchup scene. I wanted to fucking die. Like, I wanted to pee myself. It was really funny. And it's funny because, A, it's Bruce Willis screaming about ketchup. That's A. That's just A. B, someone wrote, like, a fucking, like, miniature little monologue about someone hating mayonnaise and, like, defending ketchup with all the fervor in their soul. That is magical. The fact that that kept coming up throughout the movie. I think it comes up four times in the entire movie. Yeah, they just, like, the writer of this movie fucking hated mayonnaise, okay? And they just wanted to get it off their chest. So that was The Whole Nine Yards. That was. Which, by the way, I don't understand why it's called The Whole Nine Yards. It really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't have any... I don't get it. I thought that someone in, at some point in this movie is going to say the whole nine yards. You know, such and such, such, and the whole nine yards. But, like, it never happened. So I don't know why it's called that. <laughs> so I'm reading the back of the box of the DVD box because I, I really want to understand why it's called the whole nine yards. I'm trying to understand it. We Googled the phrase the whole nine yards. It doesn't fucking mean anything. I don't understand it. So I read... The, the tagline first, the tagline says, in the heart of suburbia, a hitman with heart has just moved in. Doesn't explain why it's called the whole nine yards. Mind you, this rant that I'm about to do still does not explain why it's called the whole nine yards. But, fucking A, I found the best title ever, okay? So, ready for this? <laughs> I'm <enjoying laughs> so I'm reading, I'm reading the back of the box, and I says to Scott, I says... <laughs> There goes the neighborhood in a pine box. <laughs> when hitman Jimmy the Tulip Tedeschi moves into a comfy suburb, everyone's suddenly in danger of pushing up daisies. And it's not all Jimmy's doing either. And then it came to me like a lightning bolt, okay? Why is this movie not called Pushing Up Tulips? Why? Why? It's so obvious. Like, why I... I this movie is hurting my brain. <laughs> it's about a fucking hitman whose name is Tulips. So call it Pushing Up Tulips. Because Pushing Up pushing up Daisies is talking about killing people. That's, that's what you die. When you push up daisies, you die. So that's what he does. Bruce Willis kills people and makes them dead. So if he's called Tulips, call it Pushing Up Tulips. I demand a rebranding of this film. <laughs> 2000 film. Okay, dear. I think you need to calm down. I can't calm down. This, this movie is fucking crazy. Calm it's, still, it's driving me crazy. Okay. Why is the room called the room? I don't know. <laughs> what a story, Mark. We're not talking about the room. Well, I'm glad we did this now. Are you, dear? Are okay. you glad? Have you gotten revenge on me from Moulin Rouge now? Yeah, I, I could say that, yeah. So that this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm upset because I can't drink, and I, I feel like I need a drink. Matthew Perry's uh, drink of choice was uh, a scotch in this movie. Scotch and soda. Yeah, and I feel like it would be only be appropriate if I had a scotch and soda right now, but I can't drink 
So I'm going to have to just settle for some apple juice. <laughs> no, have a scotch and soda for us, everybody. Yeah, please do. Just, oh, God. This movie was a trial, but it was also funny. I just feel like I've been, I've run a marathon, but also, like, my life has been enriched in some way. You're welcome. All right. This has been Shoot the Fucking Flick. Next week, I'm going to be introducing Scott to a movie, a movie that I haven't seen in a while. But um, I, I enjoy it. After We're, we're going to talk about how much I enjoy the director and the writer of this movie. Expect a monologue from yours truly about this particular film and all the films this person has made. So until then, I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check out our Instagram and Twitter at ShootTheFlick. And also check out our weekly episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Also on Podchaser now. Basically, we're fucking everywhere that you can find a podcast. We're probably there. All right, so hang tight with us till next week. We'll see you next time. Have a good night.